to JudgeCast. My name is CJ Schrader, Level 2 Judge from Smyrna, Georgia. And with me, as always, Jesse Ventura himself, Jess Dunks. Did you just call me Jesse Ventura? Yeah, himself, Jess Dunks. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, don't, don't compare me to Jesse Ventura. Anyway, I'm Jess Dunks, uh, Level 2 Judge from uh, Northern California. And I'm joined today as well by our new co-host, who's been on a couple of times so far, Brian Prilliman. Hello, I'm Brian Prilliman, L2 from West New Smyrna, Florida. We're still doing that joke? Still. If it's funny one time, it's funny every time. Yeah, it's, you know, you could say it three or four more times throughout the show. It'd be just fine. That's the family guy methodology. Yeah, well, Raven Fox, Raven Fox, Raven Fox. Raven Fox, Raven Fox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see? It's still funny. Still funny. Actually, when he called you Jesse Ventura, immediately I went just started thinking of like quotes from Predator where it's like, Jess Dunks is a sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little, anyway. A little bit of a man crush there. Anyway, welcome to the show, Brian. We're glad to have you. Right. As, as so far. Right. Sure. Whatever. Uh, I guess let's dive right into our news, though. We've had so many cool things happening, but uh, the first one we wanted to talk about, unfortunately, it's a little bit of awkward timing, but uh, all L2 and greater judges are going to be being sent judge playmats in the uh, not-too-distant future. Do we know when? Uh, I don't know when the actual... What's that? June, July was the cutoff? Yeah, I know that's the cutoff, but I don't know when they're actually sending the mats out. Yeah, so... Uh, and we we were able to vote for who the uh, or what the art on the judge playmat will be, but the issue is that voting ended, I believe, yesterday. That's okay if you missed it, because I thought they were kind of all crap. To oh, be honest. <laughs> wow. I really I really didn't like any of them. To be the, fair, the four images were a uh, judge, the judge promo balance, the from the vaults balance, Blood Moon, and uh, Soul Ring. Uh, is the commander Soul Ring right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that we're going to end up seeing the judge foil balance. Like I think that's the only one that most people like. But I I'm just constantly disappointed that everything is for judges is always like commander related. You know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh. So yeah, but at the same at the same time, none of none of those things are well, with the exception of the soul ring. None of those are really commander. Like balance is banded commander. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I, I get why it's judge related, and, and to be fair, they—I think it's awesome that they're continuing to do new things for the judge program. You know, if you—if you're a level two plus judge, you're going to get a playmat that says, "I'm a judge," and uh, and then your opponent will know you're terrible at magic. But true story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it works great. But it, it, you know, I think it's awesome that they're doing these things. I just like, why did they only let us choose from four? That's what well, I don't understand. It was, it was actually, there, there is a group that, um, Lems leads up where he actually asked, uh, there's a group of maybe about 15 or 20 judges, and he was like, hey, um, can somebody throw out some suggestions for some playmats? And there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of feedback and, and, and comments on that, and, there, there, there was some, I'll say some pretty complicated designs in the initial stuff where they had like the little, the little circles on the sides where you could keep track of life total and little things were counters and 
various logos. I mean, things went back and forth, and I think they ultimately went with simple designs, uh, which is why, if you notice, like all of all of the arts are kind of you know it's the full art and then just the judge logo. Um, Blood Moon was suggested because of its fun rules interactions with other cards. Uh, why, didn't, why didn't what? we just get Chains of Mephistopheles there? I mean, humility. It's because the art is, when you blow that art up to, to <laughs> pitch size or to play mat size, it looks probably a little doofy. <laughs> I mean, what a judge just kind of, like. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I know everybody and their mother was, was ooing and eyeing over the judge balance. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of liked either the from the vault balance because I think the color scheme was a little bit better for a playmat. Like it, because yeah. the judge balance is kind of muted. And the blood move was just awesome. I liked that. I know I'm in the minority there. I'm, I'm all for the, uh, judge balance. That, that was my favorite. I just like the art better. Are there, are there some cards you guys would have rather have seen? Like something else? Well, okay, so one person, I didn't like this because of the art, but I found it amusing. One person wanted to, uh, have Judge Unworthy. Uh, <laughs> and another, like, I actually thought, and I think this is probably a beat to death in the Judge community, but I, I actually liked Rule of Law. Uh, I think that'd be pretty good. How about, uh, Word of Command? That's a sweet. There you go. Sweet art. Uh, how about Cryptic Command? You know, that'd just be awesome. I, yeah. thinking about it a little bit, I just sent you, I want the art for Eureka, only the little tiny tadpole thing, <laughs> instead of the EMC square, wow. just up a little Magic Judges sign. That that'd be sweet. cool. That actually would be really awesome. Um, I guess it, we're going to have to include a link to Eureka in the show notes now, because a lot of people don't even know what that card is. Yeah, good call. Uh, but that's... <laughs> I can see where you're coming from with that. That'd be awesome. Or how about like the entirety of the comprehensive rules just printed on the playmat in tiny, tiny text? Wow. Or all the layers. Oh, or every time a new IPG comes out, we get new playmats. Oh, that'd be sweet. There you go. There you, go. <laughs> you know what we actually want? We get a, a list of lapsing abilities. <laughs> I, you know, I don't have any insider information, but I have a feeling, I have a feeling it might change. Um, well, do you know what actually would be like, okay, so I was at a PTQ a couple of weeks, uh, a couple months ago now, and there was a guy who had made his own playmat by taking the, the how to play foldout that comes in the pre-constructed decks and laminating it. Wow. Seems like and outside information. It, yeah, that's what they were, we were talking about it later. We were like, okay. I was talking with the head judge, and he's like, yeah, I guess you could probably say that's outside information, but if he is really following the play advice on the play mat, I'm not worried about it. All right. <laughs> um, but, and, and if his opponent really, you know, if his opponent calls him out on it, I'll probably have to say, you can't use this, but I'm not going to give him a penalty for outside assistance for that. And then I got to thinking about it, and I realized that, um, that, uh, all of the rules are considered derived information. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so I could legally put the entire comp rules or the entire IPG on a playmat and bring it to a competitive event. That would be allowed. 
If you don't know what derived information is, well, that's our topic for today. So we'll be talking about that later. Unfortunately, yeah, we can't make so, the smooth segue right now. It'd be sweet, but it'd well, be... I I would like to say I was trying, but yeah, it kind of just uh, <laughs> what we do. Sorry, about that. <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know if I would buy putting putting the entire rules. I mean, at what at what point does it become outside notes? You know, like how this is how trample works and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I mean, if, much. see, here's the thing, though. If you put the entire comprehensive rules on a playmat, it's not actually going to be readable. Right. There's way too much. So if you could somehow fit it onto the playmat, like, in a font that made it work, I just think it would look really cool. Let's, let's, let's not encourage the trolls, because <laughs> someone will try it, and you'll get a head judge, like, scratching his head going, what? What? <laughs> Where did they get this idea? <laughs> hey, did we have anything big and cool happen this past weekend? Maybe? I mowed my lawn. Oh, God, you're so lame. Well, we had the pre-release. Oh, the oh, pre-release for Avacyn Restored come out. Did you guys uh, attend a pre-release, judge a pre-release, anything like that? Um, I... Yes, yes. I judged yeah. uh, two pre-release events, and I played in three. Wow. Um, I was at uh, Superstars Game Center, which is the, the home of Channel Fireball in San Jose, and I ran their midnight event, which had 128 players. Uh, and then I played in the 10 a.m. event the next day and the 4 p.m. event the next day, and then I ran the 11 a.m. event on Sunday and played in the 4 p.m. event on Sunday. So we, I, there was a lot of pre-releasing for me this weekend. Yeah, it was. That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, was I did to do some magic. I did half of a pre-release. <laughs> uh, I I went. I I ended up having to uh, with a two-zero record uh, beginning around three, uh, having to leave. So I just my I was like, if I win this third game, I'm gonna get in packs. So I'll play real quick. And like the guy, like two minutes in, lays down that uh, the sore Tommy planeswalker, and I'm just like, "Scoop two o, yeah. good game, sir. I've got to leave and go be an adult and do boring things." I only played in one pre-release. Pre-releases are the only events where I actually play. The only sanctioned events where I actually play in them, and uh, I like them. I mean, I ended up going three and three because you know I'm not very good, but <laughs> I still had fun. I had that uh, that card. Uh, Gisela Blade of Gold Knight, the one that doubles all the damage you deal, and then she halves all the damage your guys will take. Yeah, nice. That card's that card's pretty good. Unfortunately, I was I was uh white, green, splashing black and red, like a real pro <laughs> player. Okay, so was this a Hell Vault event? Uh, no, I didn't play in any of the Hell Vault events. Did you see the checklist for the Hell Vault events? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. So. uh at our event, you know, we had a lot of people at the event, right? So the, the Hellvolt event that we had, somebody played uh, a Gazella, like we were talking about. Yeah. And they were like, uh, I, I've, got a, I've got a legendary permanent, which is one of the things on the list, is to high-five a legendary permanent. And, like, everyone in the immediate vicinity stood up and ran to them and gave them a high-five. There were, like, 30 high-fives in a row. Yeah, get my card. Yep. 
We we were the the first game. We were definitely me and my opponent were were helping each other out. Where it's like, hey, you just played a spell for its miracle cost. Hey, you just attacked with four or more creatures. You've got two soul bond, two pairs of soul bond dudes. We 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 had that. We had people going. Oh, don't forget to quote the the flavor text. Yeah. Uh, it was it was awesome. Yeah. And one guy talking like a uh, Cookie Monster. Uh, we had. Yeah, my girlfriend was playing, and I looked over at one point, and there's there's two vampires on the uh, on the playing field, or you know, she's got one, and her opponent's got one, and she goes, ah, 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 two <laughs> vampires. Got an achievement? Uh, she actually asked the head judge, and he said that counts as a monster voice. So that works for me. <laughs> our 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 head judge uh, is it was a guy named Twitch. Yeah. So you can tell how loose he was being with the rules, and I and I and I looked at him, and there was one achievement on there where it was something like uh, destroy a demon either by spell or by combat. Right. And I looked at him, and I was just like, you know, good and well that combat damage doesn't destroy the creature; the state-based action does. He's <laughs> like, he's like, uh, yeah, well, we're gonna be a little loose with these. And I was like, okay, well, this achievement here that says you know prevent some amount of damage, does blocking count? And he was like, uh, sure. <laughs> Ding. Here's my eight. Take a seal off. Turned him around. You guys did eight? We did 12. Oh, you had to get eight, 12 on your... Yeah, your but we also, had, we also had, like, you know, 150-something people for the first half of all of it. Uh, uh, we only had 34 or so. So maybe, yeah. maybe maybe they changed it depending on how many people you had. Yeah, they they. I think that's how it works. We had a blast with them. Uh, Eric Levine was the tournament organizer for all of those events, and he, during his announcements at the beginning, he was 100% convinced that there were going to be bees in the Hell Vault that would swarm everybody. And so it's, he, the store had two Hell Vaults, so they had one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And for the second Hell Vault event, uh, the night before, he had taken the Hell Vault and, and kind of smoked it. And so... He's... <laughs> No, so when they open the second hell vault, there's tons of these little tiny cut up pieces of paper with capital B printed on it. <laughs> so it was filled with bees, and the head judge just takes them and starts throwing them everywhere. So everybody's getting nice. swarmed with bees. It was it was a lot of fun. Nice. That's clever. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. I like it when when you know judges do stuff like that to make it make it fun because there are right. a lot of players that only come out really for these pre-releases. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, um, speaking of the hell vault though, uh, there were like rumors going around that day. You know how it, some of the hell vaults had a, uh, the premium foil tokens and then also they had judge foils in them. And at first I didn't believe that, you know what I, I thought it was just like internet gossip spreading and no one confirmed it. But then, uh, Helene Berg, of uh, Wizards of the Coast organized play, she actually confirmed that there are there were judge foils in some of the random hell vaults out there, and uh, the internet is kind of a flutter about this. Uh, what do you guys feel about it? Uh, I, I go uh, ahead, Brian. I I talked about this on on Monday Night Magic. My my take on it is cool. You know, it's a nice extra thing for people. Um, I, I am a little kind of meh on the fact that they were judge foils as mm-hmm. opposed to other, other premium cards. Uh, but that's about the extent of it. Like, I'm not, 
mad that other people got good stuff that was better than me. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, childish. Yeah, I, I think you just summed up my feelings pretty well, too. It, it's not I don't care one bit that other people had better hell vaults. It feels a little awkward to me that there were judge foils in there. Um, like, I don't know. It, it's always been seen as those are kinds of a thing, uh, kind of a gift to judges. And, and uh, that seems a little awkward to me. But in the end, eh, whatever. Well, were these uh, were these super hell vaults, so to speak? Were they randomly distributed? Like, do yes. you know how many there were? They were they were randomly distributed to um to people to stores advanced. with advanced level WPN. Uh, I don't know how many there were. I don't think anyone said that. Mm. Yeah. So so no, I'm not I'm not. Uh, yeah, the the fact the fact that they were they, that they were judge foils because I've had I've had conversations in the past about uh running running other promotions. Uh, on like the Magic Judges Twitter account, where the prize for doing so and so would be a judge foil, and I've been told no, I can't do that because of of uh, of of the restriction of the judge foils only going to judges. And so if if they've changed that in in some form or fashion, or maybe even just made an exception this one time, I, I guess I'm fine with that. But now they should probably say something about it, though, one way or another. Whether it was an exception or a change. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. yeah. In the end. Yeah, it probably would have been nice if they'd said something. But, you know, uh, Wizards is pretty good about, about learning. It, if enough people complain about something, they, they generally take that to heart. <laughs> if enough be, people complain about something. They that's seem to all be the lot. magic community does. Yeah. That's true. That's true. This, uh, you know, they... The, it's really funny. People complain about stuff, and then Wizards notices and says, "Oh, we're well, sorry, we won't do it that again." And then people complain about the fact that Wizards apologized. Yeah, <laughs> um, it it never stops. Or like with the reserve list, they complain that Wizards agreed to uphold what they said before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> so in your guys' pre-releases uh, beyond Soulbond, because Soulbond was a problem for like everyone apparently. It was. It was huge. Uh, yeah. Uh, beyond Soulbond, did you guys have any cards that you felt uh, were just really tricky with the rules? Anything like, uh, you know? We had a lot of players under the mistaken impression that you could reveal a card that uh, for its miracle effect mm-hmm. and then put it into your hand and cast it later at some point. Still? In the time. See, I, I yeah. really thought people and finally I, had that down. I thought so, too. I made an announcement about it. Wow, I, I was very clear, and people still didn't get it. Uh, Soulbond though was the big thing. Like every 15 minutes, somebody was calling me and asking me, "Hey, do these Soulbond creatures? You know, I have two Soulbond creatures paired to each other. Do they get each other's effects?" Wow, and and that was actually the question I got every 15 minutes at the at the uh, midnight event. I thought it'd be, "Can you repair it?" You that know, occasionally came up, and it's already uh, paired. But I think the word "pair" made it a little bit more intuitive. Yeah. I'm 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 fine with that. I mean, you like I said, you still get players that that think that tapped blockers deal no damage. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. that's you know a decade old rules change now. So, do you guys have any specific cards? Nothing at all. Nothing came up in my pre-release. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I had some, uh, I had a couple of divine deflection questions, uh, about how, like, people didn't understand how, like, some people thought that when you pay X, it prevented X damage to each creature. Yeah, I heard that question too, actually. Define, divine deflection, apparently. Yeah, divine deflection. It, uh, if for anyone that doesn't know the card, it, uh, it prevents X damage, uh, the next X damage to you and or creatures you control, and then Divine Deflection deals that much damage to uh, target creature or player. So people people were thinking I could, you know, pay a white and an X of three and prevent three damage to each creature, and that's not how that works. Yeah. Uh, that card could get complicated if we start talking about replacement effects, but I don't think that's for this show. That is not this show, yeah. <laughs> we'll hit uh, that one another time. Hey, but speaking of replacement effects, I did, you know, I was bringing up, I had that Gisela. I think she she gets a little awkward when you have uh, Trample, and, and and specifically, I can't remember its name, but that 6-4 worm that when it's soul bonded, it has Trample. Mm-hmm. If, if you have Gis- Gisela out, and uh, and you attack them, and, and you have your 6-4 Trample, Attacking them, and they block with say five one ones. You might think, well, in the end, I'm doing twelve damage, so I could kill all five one ones and still deal seven damage to them. Uh, but that's not how it works. You still yeah, have to assign, so much. yeah, you still have to assign damage based on her, uh, based on the worm's power. So you can only assign, you still have to assign one damage, one damage, one damage, one damage, one damage, yeah. and then that last one damage can trample over. Then it's all doubled. So the opponent's taking two damage. Uh, and that one, unfortunately. I was going to say, I've got 12 to, 12 to divide up. It's. Yeah. I wish we had like that because I would have won a game instead, but I lost because I knew the rules. There was, oh, there was, no. uh, CJ Trader advocate for cheating. Yeah. <laughs> they, there was a card called, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's the Red Knight that has Soul Bond and gives the paired creatures first strike. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. We had a situation where, one of those two, two creatures that were paired died during the first strike combat damage step. Oh, oh. And players wanted to know, well, this other creature doesn't have first strike anymore. Oh, Is man. it going to deal damage again? Those questions never come up anywhere except for in judge, uh, in, and, and in it, yeah, it training came examples. Up, it came up at the pre-release. Oh, awesome. Love it. That's so funny. It's actually, other than that, I think it's just really hard to make something lose first strike. Yeah. So, uh, so, oh, yeah, damage? the answer, the answer to that question is that it does not do damage because creatures that did do, that don't have double strike, uh, that assigned damage in the first strike combat damage step don't get to assign damage in the regular combat damage step. Yeah. Uh, I think one last card I wanted to mention, uh, mostly because we've talked about it in Jess and I's very first show. Is, uh, Matt Tabak twittered back then, he said, uh, he's polishing the AVR FAQ, and he says, blank is the leader in the clubhouse with 12 rulings. Now we finally know what that card is, and it's Infinite Reflection. Uh, that card that says, when Infinite, it's an aura, when Infinite Reflection enters the battlefield attached to a creature, each other non-token creature you control becomes a copy of that creature, and then non-token creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of enchanted creature. Um, ultimately, this card's not actually that hard. I was a little concerned when he said that something had 12 entries. Well, most of those entries are for situations that won't come up at the pre-release. Correct. And about half of them involve using the card Aura Swap. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> um, 
actually even the only thing I even want to mention at all about this card is that if you uh, cast it, have it attached to a creature, and then with its trigger on the stack, kill the creature, all of your creatures uh, will still become a copy of that creature, even though it's dead. But beyond that, I mean, the creature, we've already had Essence of the Wild, so I think we kind of have a good feel for this this type of effect now. Yeah, well, this one's a little bit, uh, it could be a little bit bombier, I think, in, like, limited formats, because, you know, you get to turn all of your creatures into your opponent's bomb. Yeah, yeah, that's... Because you, you can enchant, you know, whatever it is that's amazing on their side, as long as it's not legendary. Yeah, that's literally you what... Know, I had not, I had not even considered the... Playing it on one of your opponent's creatures. Wow. Yeah, I had that 2-4, uh, lifelink angel and my opponent had four just bros and he cast that and turned the game around quickly because he cast it on my angel and then he had four 2-4 lifelink angels also and all his new creatures were lifelink angels and it's kind of hard to get. Just find a way to get rid of your own guy. Now if you're playing black and blood bone splitters, well you're fine, but yeah. Like I said, I was white green, so. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Nothing was really jumping out at me. Yeah. But even if you get rid of even if you get rid of the enchantment or the right. creature that it's enchanted to, yeah. all the all the dudes that uh that are already out there stay the copy. Yeah. They do. Yeah, that's that's uh that's one of the other things that came up. A lot of players didn't think it worked that way. If you read it closely, it doesn't have a duration. It's not like as long as it's enchanted or anything like that. It's not a static ability, so it's just no, I was actually, that's, that's why I was, why I was making that point kind of slowly because I was reading the card and I'm like, is this right? Is this yeah, the way that really works? That's the way that works. Yeah. Look at that. Um, it's a little late to mention this, but the FAQ for Avacyn Restore did come out. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you have any questions about other specific cards, the FAQ probably answers them. So we're not going to go through all the cards. Uh, there was just a few I wanted to mention. Uh, we have one little last bit of news and that's basically a, uh, I realize we missed a few resources I wanted to talk about last show when we were listing resources to help you improve as a judge. Uh, one resource I wanted to mention was judgebooklet.com. This website lets you uh, customize and print out your own little judge booklet, which is like a little cheat sheet that you can get like a listing of the layers or a listing of the lapsing abilities, um, how to handle missed triggers, head judge announcements, these kinds of things. Uh, this is, this is, this is super, super handy for people that don't necessarily have, uh, uh smartphones, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, or just want, or maybe don't want to be looking like they're peer- pulling out the smartphones every so often, you know, because it's something that you can, you know, just have in the palm of your hand, yeah. uh, or in that, in your front shirt pocket or something like that. Uh, I've been to several PTQs where I see people with these judge booklets. Um, yeah, I, I print it out and then I, I tape it on to my little uh, notebook where I write all my notes throughout the day, and I just have it in there. So it looks like I might be taking important notes, but I'm actually looking up how to be a judge. Wow, that's a uh, that's that's bravery right there, CJ, admitting that. <laughs> uh, a couple more things because Brian actually reminded me of these. I didn't have them in the notes before Brian mentioned it, but there is a Magic Judges Twitter account which I think. Brian, you're like the head guy for that, aren't you? Or I'm I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's primarily the Magic Judges Twitter account is 
for t- tweeting from Grand Prix and Pro Tours. So St- uh, Stefan uh, Landstatter and I find and recruit judges to tweet. Uh, uh, I try and answer some throughout the week. Uh, Twitter stuff, however, Stefan, uh, changed the password recently and every time I try and use my tweet deck it crashes on me because of the password change so I haven't fixed that yet. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, that resource. Oh, go ahead. If you're uh if you use Twitter and you have a lot of rules questions, um just hashtagging MTG rules um mm-hmm. usually can get you uh, a quick and accurate response. There are a lot of very people who are very good with the rules that watch that hashtag. Uh, it's just part of the, you know, they're on Twitter, they're judges, and they yes. will answer your question. I did. So it's actually, I, I specifically actually try and avoid answering, uh, like every question that comes out, uh, uh, simply because then, then it becomes, you know, I, I have a job during the day that I have to do. Yeah. And right. My boss will probably not like it so much if I'm always on my phone, uh, answering that type of stuff. Yeah. But someone else but, will answer uh, it. Yeah. And there's always the IRC room that you can get to from, uh, web browsers, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and one last one I wanted to mention is is uh, Chris Richter a while back. He created this rules tip blog, and, and what it does is it talks about one specific rules interaction or a specific rule. It could be policy or CR, and every single day um, he'll talk about it or he accepts submissions from lots of other judges. I'm actually not even sure if he's actively like the head honcho for it or if someone else is, but I know he at least was the founder of it. Um uh, and I'll, and I'll leave a, a link to that in the show notes so that if you're interested, uh, it has an RSS feed. I just follow it. So every day, oh, it also has a Twitter account. So you can just follow it and get a little rules tip every single day. Sweet. Yeah, it is cool. Love, love me some rules tips. I like rules tips also. All right, guys. Well, we want to move into our main topic now. That is a player communication, which is different than judge communication, which is Basically just asking rules questions to each other all day. Or this right here, yeah. Yeah. Insulting each other, asking each other hard yeah. questions. The insulting each other is not, not as good when it's players doing it. I know. <laughs> hey, they're not allowed to get away with it. Um, <laughs> what we do behind closed doors. Yeah. Usually, yeah. It's, pri- it's private time. Sometimes you forget people can hear you when you're in the middle of the floor, though. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes you do it in the middle of the floor. It's happened. Yeah, in the back room. It's happened. So, player communication is section 4.1 of the Magic Tournament rules. That's specifically what we're talking about. Uh, generally, all information in Magic and information is, you know, everything. It's things you say. It's it's the text on cards. It's it's your life totals. All that kind of stuff. All information is categorized into three kinds of uh, information. There's free, derived, and private. Now, someone else talk about free information. Go. Okay. Uh, so, so free information is is basically information that all all players can have without fear of. Uh, leaving things out or, or errors or anything like that. Okay, so this is this is the stuff that it's it's basically your right to have. Uh, and if you need uh, help from your opponent to get it, he is obligated to provide it. 
Okay. So there, there's, there's no, uh, for example, like life total. Um, you know, what's your, what's your life total? And he goes, I don't have to tell you. Well, <laughs> figure it out. He does. <laughs> yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> no. So there's a, there's a list of, of, of six things. Um, detail, um, details of current game actions and past game actions that are still in effect. Uh, that still affect the game state. Hey, did you lay a land this turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is an example of that. The name of any object in a public zone. So I can point to a card in your graveyard that's, that's written, you know, that's in Korean and be like, Hey, what's that? Okay. And you have to answer, you have to answer completely fully. So, so if you point at my Korean lightning bolt and, and ask me what it is and I tell you, Oh, that's Bjornak. That's okay, right? <laughs> was that is that the legitimate? That, yeah, it really, yeah, that's that's no, that is legitimate word. Just but, Dunks um, is a man of hidden talents with the German lightning bolt. Speak Korean or I do, as okay. a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I thought that like that's I didn't realize that was going to be like a surprise thing. Um, <laughs> no, like so if if you point to a Korean language or in a foreign language card and I say the foreign language name. Like, is that sufficient for free information? Well, in a, you know, that's, that's gotta be, you know, in, in the sense of not every, not every player, uh, necessarily speaks the English language. Right. So I can't, I can't necessarily expect you to be able to translate the English name of the card. Mm-hmm. However, if you're just being a, if you know that what the card's name is in English, yeah. yeah, and you're not saying, and you're not giving that information up. Uh, kind of say that that would fall under, you know, an omission. Yeah. Well, actually, what I was trying to get at there was the the section that says what to do if you if you don't want to or can't explain free information. Oh, we can just call a judge. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I wanted to get to that point. I, that's, ah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, the other things in the list. Uh, uh, type of any counter in a public zone. So if someone's just got like a little tore up piece of paper sitting on their, um, their land or whatever, and you're just like, Hey, what is that? And it's like, is it a plus one counter? It was a plus one, plus one counter, a divinity counter, a charge counter, you know, uh, especially with, uh, uh, mirrored and stuff like that. You had a lot of possibilities of, you know, artifacts becoming creatures and getting count plus one plus one counters on them. And then, you know, they also might have charge counters. So you got to, what kind it is. Uh, the physical status, is that land tapped? Uh, is that, uh, is that card flipped over, you know, attached and unattached? And then life totals, poison counter totals, um, the current games, the current, the game score of the current match. Did you win last game? <laughs> I have to answer I thought that. that was interesting too. Well, I guess I mean, it matters. And then yeah. what, uh, the current step or phase in which the play, uh, uh, in which the players are active. So, you know, where are we in the turn right now? It's yeah. generally a question, generally a question the non-active player will ask the active player. Yeah. Cause since the active player drives the turn, where are we right now? Yeah. So all those, all those things. And that is a, a pretty, that is a complete list, uh, of the free information. And, and really free information is only what's in this list. Uh, unless we're talking regular. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. 
we'll get into we'll get into that. Uh, Jess, you want to talk about derived, or is there anything else that you want to talk about in free? No, I think the, in free, I, the only thing I was going to bring up was that if you can't explain something, like we mentioned, you you should call a judge and explain to them why you can't explain it. You know, if, yeah. if there's a reason. But um, I guess it's not a problem if you use like, what's your life total, and you're like, ah, uh, I. It, no. Sometimes that happens. I've been it called does. by ju- by players and asked, "Hey, judge, whose turn is it?" I I, I can't answer that question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely had a call once where uh, the two good players couldn't agree if they'd played two games or three games. I've heard of that. Uh, I went straight to the head judge. I was like, "You handle this." This is like my first or second PTQ. I was like, "I don't even know." Yeah, that's, that's awkward. Yeah. Um, so derived information is information to which everyone is uh, allowed access, but their opponents don't have to assist you in figuring out. Uh, so basically, uh, that means that your opponents can't lie to you about derived information, but they don't have to tell you about it. Um, so the number of any type of object present in any game zone, so how many cards are left in your library, they don't have to to tell you, oh, there are you know, 53 cards in my library, uh, but you're entitled to that information. So if they aren't going to tell you, they have to let you count. Um, the characteristics of objects in public zones that aren't free information, so you know some things like names... Uh, we already said we're free information, but other characteristics like power and toughness are derived information. So if you have a bunch of effects that are currently affecting the power and toughness of a creature, you can't misrepresent any of those effects, but you don't necessarily have to tell your opponent, hey, this guy's currently a 5-7 because of all these different effects pumping him up. Yeah, I think uh, Tarmogoyf is like a poster child of that. Tarmogoyf is. Uh, one of the problems I have with Tarmogoyf is that a lot of people use dice to mm-hmm. represent what Tarmogoyf's power and toughness is, and then they forget to change the die when something changes, at which point they're misrepresenting derived information. Uh, and that's, that's something we're going to get into here in a minute. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, so the other things that are derived information are game rules, tournament policy, uh, oracle text, and uh, other official information regarding the tournament. Uh, and all cards are considered to have their oracle text printed on them. So, um, if, this is, I guess, more, more relevant if you're dealing with foreign cards or if it's like a legacy event where there's cards with lots of errata, um, where, you know, if you have a, an alpha unsummon, for example, and I ask you what that card does and you, you tell me that, uh, it discards all enchantments that are on the bounce creature, you're wrong. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what the card <laughs> actually says. Um, so, does it, uh, do you want me to talk about private information, or do one of you two want to tackle that? Oh, I'll, tack- I'll tackle private information. I oh, one this. thing, real quick. Okay. Uh, at regular REL, um, uh, anything that I just mentioned that would be derived information is instead considered free information. So at regular REL, Friday Night Magic, if your opponent... Uh, doesn't know what the power and toughness of your Tarmogoyf is, you have to tell him it's a 3-4 or whatever it happens to be. And that's because we want regular REL to be a little bit more friendly, uh, open. You know, it's not just, it's not quite as competitive. 
it's more regular. Right. You know, how many card, how many cards do you have in your hand? How many cards are left in your library? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How many tokens, you know, how many, how many, uh, insect tokens do you have or sapperling tokens do you yeah. have? Human tokens, whatever. Spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What color is that? I'll handle all the private information. <clears throat> private information is information to which players have access only if they are able to determine it from the current visual game state or their own record of previous game actions. And clearly, it only has one bullet point. But basically, let me give a summary of private information. It's everything that isn't free or derived information. That's the easiest way to say it. It's everything else. Okay, so if it's not on the list of things you already talked about, yeah, it's it's private. Yep, so like what cards are specifically in your hand? Well, you had the hard one, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. I set it all up. I knew Brian would ask you, and then I knew I would get the last one. Oh, nice, nice. So let me ask you about some things uh, that are private information. So stuff in my hand is private information, right? Yeah. So uh, am I allowed to lie to my opponent about what's in my hand? Am I allowed to be like, I have seven counter spells in my hand when I've got, you know, only five cards and none of them are mana leaks? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Okay. So now here's the I'm still so totally going to bolt you next turn. Yes. Yes. So here's the real fun question. And actually this is something I've done at uh at competitive REL. Somebody plays something and lets them look at your hand like a taxi and probe. Yeah. And they look at your hand and they go, "Oh, so okay, you got uh day of judgment and think twice and island and planes. Okay, thank you." And you pick up your cards and you look at it and you look at them confused and go, did you get the dissipate? I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> Seems legal to me. And they go, oh, thanks. And they think you're being such a nice guy. Um, but you, you just lied to them about what's in your hand and they believe you. And they're playing around to dissipate that doesn't exist for the rest of the game. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's tricky, but that's totally legal. I would say, um, I can't say I'm 100% sure of this, but I'm pretty sure even if you have something that is constantly revealing your hand at all times, you can still lie about what's in it. That is true. Because so, it's private so information. Stuff in your hand, your library, whatever, you, you can lie about it if it, or bluff about it, I guess is more accurate. Term. <laughs> if yeah. it's, uh, it's not in a, it's, your hand is still a hidden zone. It's yep. not a public zone. Even though it's revealed, it is not a public zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the same topic of lying, I, I think we should, we should jump back to derived information for a second. Cause derived information, uh, it, it, it can get a little awkward. You're not allowed to outright lie about it. Right. But you are allowed to be misleading. Uh, I don't know if misleading is a problem. Well, not, not, intention, not intentionally. You're allowed it's, to omit allowed information. Or not directly answer. How big is your Tarmogoyf? Yeah. I have an enchantment in my graveyard. Yeah. Yes, which even if you have more than an enchantment in your graveyard, is still a true statement. Yeah, you didn't. you did not answer the question... You know, you, you didn't answer, you didn't answer the question that they asked. And, and this is, it seems kind of sketchy because it seems like, you know, it's almost like, you ever read those Robert Jordan books, the whole Ace of Die? You know, they don't lie, but they might tell you something that's, you know, you think you hear one answer and really they told you something else. It's, it's kind of like that, I guess. Yeah. I've never so read. it's, it's, no. Mm-mm. And you call yourself a dork. I'm work, I'm waiting on them to all come out. I wait for an entire series to come out before I read it. Wow. Um, so you don't you don't have to 
you don't have to answer. So what it, what it basically boils down to is I asked you a question about derived information. You did not answer my question. You basically were like, I'm not answering. Only instead of flat out saying, I'm not answering, you just made a statement of fact about other derived information. Uh-huh. You know, how yeah. big is your termogoyf? I played a land this term. <laughs> um, okay. okay. Um, you know, that, now that right there, it's pretty blatant that I'm not answering your question. But if I was like, how big is your termogoyf? Your, your opponent have- is probably going to look at you really confused trying to figure out what you playing a land to do has to do with your termogoyf's power type. This. Like he's going to start rereading everything. Yeah. Now, in reality, your opponent is probably going to, you know, look through his graveyard and look at, you know, look at, you know, your graveyard and be like, uh, he's a six, seven, you know, or how many cards do you have in your hand? Uh, five, because that's just the quick way to do things, because if you if you intentionally are vague and you're like, well, I don't have to tell you, then your opponent's going to take the time to figure it out. And you probably want to just get playing. You know, I actually saw a player once uh, whose opponent had looked at his hand the previous turn, and then it came around to his next turn, and he had one more card in his. He had three cards instead of the two that his opponent had seen, and he sets his hand down on the table. And later, his opponent asks him, "How many cards do you have?" And he goes, "Oh, I still have that mana leak and lightning bolt, or whatever." And he goes, "Okay," and assumed he had two cards. Huh. Because he didn't, he didn't answer the question. Yeah. I guess that works. Right. But, uh, so say somebody asks me how many cards do I have, and I have five cards, and I tell them three, what do we do? Uh Are are, are you just terrible at math, or are you lying to them? Uh, I'm terrible at math. Okay, so this is, you somehow look at five and think there's three there and say, I've got three cards, and, and then maybe a little later you realize there's five, and mm-hmm. you'll judge. Yep. yep. Or you, you have eight because you forgot to discard, and your opponent's like, how many cards? And you're just like, oh, well, you know, seven, obviously, because that's the maximum number of cards I can have. Yeah, so right. Seven. Uh, so in that particular case, and it actually results in a judge call, that would probably be a player communication violation. Gasp. Dun, dun, dun. Player communication violation. This is probably the infraction I see least given out at competitive events. Uh, given out properly, I would right. say. I have seen it given improperly way more than anything, anything else. I've probably seen it given out improperly more often than properly. Yes. And we, we see it offered up in, in, uh, uh, on judge list as discussions when, whenever a topic comes up. Uh-huh. People people have a tendency to bring up uh, PCV. Yeah. So, so what is what is a PCV? Like, how do we define exactly what PCV is? Well, it's not. Unfor- even though it's called player communication violation, it is not uh, an infraction that you give out anytime players have a problem communicating. Yes, correct. Which which is. Which is what a lot of times when Pete, when this infraction is given out improperly is, you know, like I'll be, I'll draw a card, lay a land and be like, Whoa! and guess will think I said go, 
Right. Jess will draw, you know, it's like, oh, and he'll start untapping, and it's like, whoa, 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 judge comes over, it's like, oh, well, you know, oh, there was a player communication problem, we'll give you a PCV for, you know, no, none of that. No. A, a player communication violation is a, a, an unintentional uh, violation of the player communication policy, which is what we just went over with the free derived hidden inf- for private information. And that's it. That's, that's it. Only so things I, that are PCVs. So an excellent example of this is when I just mentioned uh, the dice on the Tarmogoyf thing. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, don't use dice on your Tarmogoyf because this will happen by accident. Yes. Um, so if you, if you put it on a two because there's two different types in all graveyards uh, and then something else goes to a graveyard and you forget to move it to a three, you're guilty of a PCV. Because you're unintentionally misrepresenting derived information. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So that's that's a great example of what it is. Since we talked about what it's not, and when do, like how do we decide it's not fraud? Like, what's the difference? Well, it's just uh, whether or not someone's doing it intentionally. Fraud. Yeah, and and that's that's obviously uh, going to come about via. Uh, I'll say an investigation, but like if a guy's got, um, you know, two, five, you know, dice out set to five. So he's got a, a dice with a five up and another dice with a five up and it's supposed to represent, you know, uh, ten one ones or something like that. And he's, he passes them off as, you know, like tries to pass them off as two five fives, you know, mm-hmm. cause that makes a difference then. That would be, uh, uh, and, and he actually tells it and his opponent looks over there and goes, what are, you know, what are those? And he's like, oh, well, they're two five fives and that's intentional. Then that's cheating fraud. And you'd have to, you'd have to come up and it's like, well, why did you think your one ones were five fives? Um, I don't, <clears throat> that's a really awkward situation because occasionally when people are using dice to represent the tokens, they actually forget what they are. Um, I hope that somebody wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be able, or wouldn't be forgetting that their one one, or their five, their two dice are not actually five fives or their one ones, but. Right. Uh, if they're playing with a deck that can somehow produce both one ones and five fives, they might actually forget. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit awkward. Well, it, again, it all comes down, it all comes down to intent. If you right. ask me, if you ask me how many cards, uh, uh, are in your hand, or if you ask me how many cards are in my hand, and I intentionally say, you know, two because I want to avoid you casting uh, a, a discard spell on me or something like that, or I, I say three, you know, because uh, I don't want you to, what is it, mind sludge me? Is that is that the card that only gets rid of two? No, you're thinking of like lightning, only gets rid oh. of two, and. Mind Sledge gets rid of number equal number of swamps you control. It's okay. pretty ridiculous. So I, I, I basically I'm trying to play around or, or fake you around a discard uh, right. uh, spell. So I lie about the number of cards in my hand. You know that's that's when you get into cheating fraud. But if you just oops I miscounted. I mean that happens. Players make mistakes. Yeah. The mistakes and happen. Honest time. mistakes. We don't want to we don't want to penalize for those. Well, not penalize with DQs anyway. Right. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, Penalized harshly. 
There you go. We still want to give appropriate PCV warnings and not inappropriate PCV warnings. What what if like two players misunderstand how trample works, you know, and one player tells them, "Oh, well, since my creature has protection from green, your primeval titan doesn't get to trample over." Uh, is that I mean he's misrepresenting the game rules unintentionally? Is that count as a PCV? I believe I believe it is. I, I believe so as well. Uh, I don't think it really fits any other infraction very well. Uh, and no. obviously this, I, I don't, we're in a situation where this person's not cheating by, by trying to, like he knows the real rule, but he's lying about it. I think he's just misinformed. And, th- and that's one of the reasons, the, the actual real reason why derived information, you can be incomplete about it. Cause if I, if I ask you, what's trample do? Okay. And I have, and you have to be complete. Well, I might as well sit back and wait a while because <laughs> exactly. you're going to be you're going to be talking a bit. Yeah. Um. Same same thing with I, if I look over there and be like, "Hey, what's that card do?" Uh-huh. And you have to read me off, you know, everything that that, that that card does, as opposed to what most players do is they just read the relevant parts. Yeah, like if I if I cast Thoughtseize and you say, "Oh, what does that do?" and I say, "Oh, I get to look at your hand and make you discard a card." Uh, that's fine. It's not complete, but from, you know the rest of it's not really relevant. Uh, to I mean, it could be relevant to the game, but it's not relevant to the question he asked. Right, and so we we have we have to allow that because if we don't, then the game kind of breaks down. It it either it either becomes, you know, since we've got the three categories, if I ask you what the card does. You either, you know, our answers are either you have to answer it completely, uh-huh. you know, in which case anytime you leave anything out, no matter how small, you now are committing a, a an infraction, or it's hidden information. You cast a card. I cast thought sees on you. It's like, what's that card do? I don't gotta say, or 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 rather, not I don't have to say, but I can't say, or something along those uh-huh. lines. You know, the the game doesn't work if players can't. Ask each other questions. Right. See, uh, you still there? Speaking yeah, I came back. I, oh, hello. My friend who lives like two miles away apparently walked over to my house. Cause Interesting. He's out exercising, and I was like, hello. And then he wanted some water, but I don't have any bottled water because I only drink soda. And so, and then That's I was healthy. like, hey, recording a very important podcast here. You got to go. Yeah, so, so he walks two miles to see you, <laughs> and you won't give him water. <laughs> Ask for some water, and you're like, "I gotta get a cup out of the cupboard." Screw you, buddy. I offered him a glass. He asked for bottled water specifically. Now he's changing his story. I offered him a glass. I was like, "I've mean? got, I've got, I've got this envision that CJ's gonna open his door tomorrow morning. There's just gonna be like a skeleton on his front porch." I even, of the guy where he's just like dried up and <laughs> I even offered him a Diet Mountain Dew. I said, "Here, you can take this Diet Mountain Dew with you as you oh, as you he, run back." Dying, dying of thirst, and you're going to give me a Diet Mountain Dew? Yeah, that's disgusting. That's creamy. I don't even drink Diet Mountain Dew. So I sure, uh, how could you stand that? Uh, it I takes, can't stand. It takes practice. <laughs> Like the first time it. I had it, I was like, "This is disgusting," and now, and now it's ambrosia. Yeah, 
It's sweet Mountain Dew. So let's talk about one other thing about uh, free and derived information, since this is JudgeCast, and we're talking about what judges do. Yes. Um, we just so, did. what? We just talked about what me, a judge, just did. <laughs> I, I meant, we've been spending a lot of time important. talking about what the players can do, and, and how the players can come in and interact. Oh, okay. But I want to talk about what judges are allowed to and not allowed to talk about when they're taking a judge call. That's a good call. Uh, because sometimes a player might ask you a question uh, about derived information or even hidden information. And our first instinct is often to help the players and say, you know, oh, well, this is the answer. And in a competitive event, we, we are, uh, we're supposed to avoid helping players determine derived information in the game. Um, which is really awkward, uh, at first when you think about it, because you're like, oh, the game rules are, are derived information. That's okay. If they ask a question about the game rules, answer it. But if it's about the game state, you, you can't directly tell them that Tarmogoyf is a 3-4. How big's my dude? Yeah. I just cast this, this, and this. How big's my dude? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I always say, you know, if they ask us, um, how big is Tarmogoyf, we can't answer that, but, we can answer. Uh, I usually say his power, his power toughness, uh, or his power is equal to the number of, of card types in all graveyards and his toughness is equal to that number plus one. Yeah. Uh, but it, <laughs> but that's actually how I answer that question. If we're asked, what is Tarmogoy's, uh, power and toughness if, uh, if this, I don't know, tribal artifact is in the graveyard and that's it. We can answer that. You know, when you answer a specific question like that, we can say, well, he's a two, three. Uh, Basically, we can't answer. I would just say he counts both tribal and artifact for his effect. I think that's okay. Or you could just, you know, if he asks you how big is my Tarmogoyf, you can just look at him and say, you played a land this turn. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start all of like anytime, anytime at regular REL, like at my FNM or whatever, uh, the, the next time I'm there, I'm going to ask, that question when they ask me a question. They ask you any question at all, and they'll be like, well, did you play a land this turn? <laughs> well, it's much better just to tell them they played a land this turn. <laughs> you played a land this turn. You played a land this turn. Period. That's, but it's during that's... my untap step. <laughs> I don't know if you played a land this turn. <laughs> You've already missed your draw. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to add about player communication? Well, and violating thereof? Actually ever given uh, a PCB? Nope. At an event? Either of you? I have. You have. Yes. So, what, it was you not the right thing. It was, <laughs> it was my, it was my second event. It was, I think, states. Um, and I just, like, it, I, I can't even, I can't even salvage it. It was like, the players just disagreed on something, and I was like, oh, well, clearly this is a player communication clearly. violation, because clearly, yeah, so I made my ruling, and then I went up to the to the head judge, and I was just like, I don't know why you guys said this PCV stuff doesn't have it all that often. I just gave one, and he's like, you did what? <laughs> I told what happened. And so, yeah, after that match was over, I was over-apologizing to the players. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So, shouldn't have done that. We're going to remove that warning from the record. <laughs> uh, I had to step away, but I assume you guys talked about the fact that PCV is the only other penalty we can rewind. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, we'd love to hear your explanation. Yeah, we're going to rewind right now <laughs> and talk about that. All right, great. Uh, yeah, just like game rule violation, if a PCV happens, it's actually the other penalty that if the situation isn't too crazy, we can rewind it. So if uh, if, if you ask me how much life I'm at, and I'm like, well, I'm at 15, and you attack for 15 damage, and then you're like, oh, crap, wait, I'm at 17. We can rewind the situation from that point because the the uh, the opponent was supposed to have that information. That was free information, and it was given to them incorrectly. Yes. Now, uh, now that's that's still the situation of it. It might be it's still like a game rule violation if you can safely back up without too much disruption of the game. Yep. And so you have to go if, to the judge. If I ask you how much life you're at, and you're like 15. And then I proceed to, over the next five turns, hit you for three a turn, and then say, okay, well, you're de- dead now, and you're like, uh, no, I'm still at one? We're not going to be rewinding that. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did you guys really not talk about that? We didn't talk, we didn't talk about the fix, no, we didn't. Right. We just talked about when it is and isn't appropriate to give the, uh, to give the penalty. Um, Probably important too. So we, me and another friend of mine, a judge friend of mine, were talking about uh, PCBs, actually, and uh, how this would probably cause a number of them, but uh, we wanted to have tokens. That, they were wolf tokens for you know our Garricks and our Huntmasters, and give them all names, like write names on the cards, so that you had what wolf and which wolf and that wolf. <laughs> so you'd be like, I'll block with that wolf. Uh, which wolf? No, which wolf is over here. Uh, and, and what wolf is, is over here? He, he attacked last turn. Uh, and then we discussed, you know, we should have like all my wolves and all the wolves. So all the wolves will block here, but all my wolves will block there. But that, and, <laughs> that's not a PCV, is it? That's just a communication well, it's issue. Silly. <laughs> it's, well, it's being, it's being silly. Uh, and it kind of turned briefly into a kind of who's on first skit. Um, but, it could be if something like that happened. It could be a PCV if, if I thought I was being clear, uh, and my opponent thought, you know, uh, ah, what is what? Saying. Yeah, it, it could. Thought that it was actually a play. that wolf over there was yeah. the name of the exactly. Token. So it, it could be um, an unintentional misrepresentation. This is another one of those things where some head judge later, uh, some players will be like, well, I heard it on JudgeCast, so I just went ahead and did it. It's this player with the comparables play mat, and now the tokens named that wolf and what wolf. <laughs> the ultimate troll. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's going to come back. Gonna be, so uh, I would like to say that I'm really sorry to whatever head judge has to deal with that, but I'm not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but also deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's your problem now. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> the last thing I want to say about player communication violation, just to really hammer it home, then, is to be 100% clear, because I think people only read the title and they move on. Player communication violation, it's called that because it means you're violating Section 4.1 of the MTR, which is named player communication. I, I think that's why people get so confused. But that's what it means. Think about it like that. You're violating the section called player communication. You're not having a communication violation. Sounds good. I that's that's yeah. it. 
That's how I always describe it to people every time they get it wrong. Friends don't yeah, give, fr- friends don't let friends give PCVs. <laughs> and if you mention PCV on the judge list, people will be very quick to tell you that it's not a PCV. It's like, it's like, uh, about five years ago, whenever anyone used the word ironic incorrectly, people would jump all over them immediately. I still do that with literally. Yeah, I literally do that all the time. Oh. Oh. All right, well. So, I, I kind of want to send a, a PCV situation to the judge list now so that when somebody gets it right, everybody jumps on them and tells them they're wrong. I, I have to wonder if it happened. I, I honestly wonder. I, I feel like there'd be at least one person who'll be like, uh, no, this isn't a PCV. I'll put Ricky on it. He'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey. All right, so... Uh, what, t- what time what, it is? Yeah, what time is it? I don't know, Jess Dunks. You tell us what time it is. It's meal time. <laughs> you know what? I like it. So, okay. so since I'm like a real host now, do I actually get access to these questions before? Yeah, you know what? I realized <laughs> that maybe I should have given you the password, but I didn't. Here, I'll just give it to you right now on JudgeCast. That's fine, right? Uh, no. No. So don't, don't announce, uh, the password on JudgeCast. Okay. Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you didn't, because that would get really awkward. So, this email is from a man who calls himself Dead Living, which sounds sad. Hey, did you guys know that was a myth? Well, that Living's killed uh, himself? I just thought, what's the password to JudgeCast? I played a land this turn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll change it. Uh, Dead Living says, hello, I love the show and keep up the good work. All right, we will. Recently, I attended a Friday Night Magic and overheard some discussion concerning a judge call. The match in contention was for the finals and had already begun. A few turns into the first game, one of the players noticed a card on the floor. The card had apparently fallen out of one of the players' decks and had gone unnoticed during the presentation of decks. Upon noticing, they called a judge. The judge here was one of the store operators who I believed issued a game loss for the issue. Uh, is this the correct ruling for this violation? Thanks for your time, Mike. So, okay. is this an FNM? It's FNM. Yep, so it's regular REO. So I think something jumps out immediately at me. Yeah, this is the... Wow, okay. So at FNM, we're not going to be giving a game loss. Exactly. Almost anything, most of the time. It's basically uh, either, hey, don't do that, or DQ. <laughs> those, those are your options pretty much all the you time. You can give a game loss for repeated if it's, I've had I to threaten you. to give people game losses, but I've never actually had to give yeah. anyone a game loss at, at Regulario. So, uh, so if you were at Friday Night Magic and you, you have this happen, uh, you're not going to give a game loss, what would you do? Uh... Well, I'm going to DQ them, obviously. <laughs> obviously. No. <laughs> I'm going to ask them, you played, or I'm going to tell them they played a land this tell turn. Tell them they played a land this turn, yeah. <laughs> um, so, the thing that is that, that they have a, a card that's not where it's supposed to be, right? So, I'm, at regular REL, I'm going to tell them both to be more careful. We're going to put the card where it's supposed to be and have them keep playing. Um, I, I shuffle it right in. Shuffle it in, yeah. Yeah, I, and I totally agree with that. That's what I would do as well. Probably, probably 
give them the the call it a trick or a skill of you know do a pile shuffle to count mm-hmm. so that you're sure that you're presenting the correct number of cards. Yeah, uh, to your I, a, pi- a pile count. A pile, pile count. Yes, a pile oh. count. Yes. yes, your vendetta against the word shuffle. I hate pile shuffling. <laughs> uh, pile pile counting is totally fine, but it's not shuffling. Um, anyway. Anyway, but let's let's get real interesting with this. Let's say it is competitive REL, and and two players are playing a game, and let's just say you're walking by and you notice a card on the floor, and you're like, hey, isn't this your card? Uh, how do you handle that? Do you guys have any ideas? I've had this happen, actually, at a uh, Star City Games draft open. Well, uh, the first thing you have to determine is where the card came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a card that's from one of their decks? If it is from one of their decks, how did it get on the floor? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really hard to determine that it was on the floor when they present it. Right. Um, in fact, I have a hard time in the described situation even being sure of how they figured out that it was, that it was on the floor. Right. You know, because it's really easy to go to draw a card and, and accidentally, you know, bump an extra card off the table. Yeah. Or knock a card from your graveyard on the floor. Yeah. Or I've done that a lot. Yeah. So it's it's probably not going to be uh, a deck deckless problem. Right. Exactly. Which is where which is where it seems like this guy was was thinking that it was going to be by giving the game loss. Yeah. Now, this is another situation where uh it may be that the the FNM did not have a certified judge. Yeah, maybe a or, lot of FNMs don't have certified judges, um, so you know that's that's one of the things is that sometimes these judges are trying to be real professional about this, but they aren't certified judges. They don't really know what they're supposed to be uh, doing at regular REL, so they just take what they think is right and make it the fix. Seems like this judge, yeah, I was gonna say, it seems like the judge uh, is at least familiar with the IPG, but maybe they're familiar with that from playing in competitive right, events. Right, they, they can play yeah. in play in a lot of events. Uh, I, I've seen that happen before a lot. Now, I don't know where, where the situation was. I don't know the judge. Right. Uh, so I could be totally off base, but I've definitely seen that happen where, where the, the judge, quote unquote, is a guy who's played a lot of events. And so he knows the rules well, so they put him in charge of Friday Night Magic. Yeah. Uh, so, so you find this card on the ground, are you going to shuffle it back in just like at Ephanim? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do a little investigation. Right. To see what's up. You know, uh, see where that card came from. If it's part of either player's deck, um, hopefully it's in a sleeve that's the same color as one of their decks. So that makes life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're both playing with sleeve, but at a draft open, that may not be the case. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have them shuffle it back in. Did you give this player a warning? No. Uh, in, in my situation. Yeah, the sleeve, his deck was sleeved, his sideboard wasn't. I mean, it was pretty clearly part of his deck. Uh, no, I didn't give any infraction because no infraction really covers this. Like, what, yeah. what would I give? Uh, we don't know, and, and there was no way to prove that he presented an illegal deck because they were halfway through a game and there was just this card on the ground. Yeah. So, and, and I agree with that. Uh, even though it's not like really written in policy, sometimes you kind of just have to find the best fix. You can. Uh, I've heard some people say that they just leave the card exiled. I could also yeah, see that's, that. Yeah. That is that is 
when I was coming up through, that was the approach that I learned. Yeah. So, and I, I could see the way there. You know, I, I think that's mostly up to the head judge's decision because this is not something that happens a lot. But I would definitely, I, I would agree in all cases, there's no, no infraction because this doesn't cover anything that the IPG has. So, you know, sometimes there's just things we have to fix and, and there's not an infraction that goes along with them. In thinking about it though, I think I agree with Brian. I think leaving it where it is is probably the best fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, especially because you don't necessarily know. I mean, did it, the card fall out of his hand? Did it fall out of his library? Did it fall out of his graveyard? You know, yeah, and you know. if it fell out of his graveyard, you could be giving him the card back. By yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a real good point. Or did it, you know, or, and let's, let's look at the, the, the possibility of shadiness. Is that a card that he, you know, kind of dropped so that he could uh, pick it up later and be like, oh, I just dropped this card out of my hand. Uh, but let's, let's say he, uh, Let's say I'm acting like the judge list now with all these offshoots of cases. But let's say he's like, oh, yeah, that was in my graveyard. And the opponent's like, yeah, I killed that thing. Do you just want to put it back in the graveyard then or just leave it exiled? I mean, at that point, I'm kind of inclined to say it's still in the graveyard. It mm-hmm. just did. It, it was just, you know, sitting in the wrong place. It wasn't actually exiled. It was yeah. just not in the right place. Yeah. If if both if both players agree with what it is and where it's supposed to be whatever yeah i just put it back i like that i think that's i think that was a good question uh thank but, you. but you know has it been a turn cycle uh, <laughs> never mind hey, hey have you played a land this turn uh you played a land this turn i played a land this turn <laughs> so thanks dead lemming uh if you have any rules questions or policy questions or want to contact me or us for any reason at all you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com and we will answer your email. It's very exciting. Or, or it's you're that guy that knows a lot of rules at FNM that they put in charge and you want to become a, a certified judge, then we can help you get on that path as well. Yeah, absolutely. Then, uh, you know, before I was judgecast, I got it on judgecast <laughs> before I was judgecast. You are judgecast. I, okay. I am the judgecast. Uh, before then, uh, quite a few times, listeners of JudgeCast that lived in Georgia would email <laughs> would email JudgeCast and they would get in contact with me to to help get these guys certified. So please do. We can always help you get in contact with somebody to help you out. Uh, that's actually the only mail we have. So let's move on. Send more so mail. So yes, I know a way we could get more mail. How can uh, we get more mail, Brian? Maybe we, should, maybe we should have a contest that oh. would require people sending us mail. That works too, I guess. That sounds great. <laughs> it does enough. Only CJ, quick, come up with a contest. Oh, I don't know. Right now, man. I guess maybe if we had people send us their best judge breaker type question, uh, something that's just so difficult that lots of judges may get it wrong or. Generally, these kinds of questions for me, they always involve hive mind. Uh, but I think we should have a couple rules that I'm going to bring up right now off the cuff because we're totally making this contest up. One. Well, sure. Obviously. Shouldn't have, <laughs> it can't have more than five cards involved. And actually, we didn't – I mean, no, I'm totally coming up with this right now. Uh, also, I'm going to say it can't be a – I'm not a big fan of math questions. Let's put it that way. I'm not a big fan of the uh, right of replication. If 
Yeah, if it's, if it involves a right of notification, the, the answer will be the answer will be enough to crash Moto. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, or, that's actually the answer. Or um how about you lose? <laughs> <laughs> you don't win the contest. Yes, let's put it that way. It's not a rule, but you're not going to win if you're sending a math con <laughs> a math question. That's not really a rules question. So the 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 general the general just I guess the 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 cap at five cards is to keep it from becoming a stupid question where it's like, I have these 10 cards interacting with these other 15 cards. I think you can be pretty stupid with five cards. Well, yeah. <laughs> Restriction breeds creativity. Thank you. All right. Mark Rosewater. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> okay. So we have this contest. Do they have to be able to answer their own question or can they just, you know, be like, I've got this card, this card, this card, this card. What happens? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Mm, no. I think, I, no, they don't have to be able no. to answer their own question. No. Um, in fact, in fact, I'm totally okay with them not being able to answer the question. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I think they get, you know, maybe bonus points if they go figure out the answer and send us to it, send it to us and say, I think this is the answer and they're right. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, that sounds like, better, but uh, if they don't have the answer, that's fine, too, because it's part of why we're here. Yeah, yeah. When I when I was a new player many, many, many years ago, I, I thought the most, ago. The, the most difficult question ever was humility and, and double opalescence, but uh, although maybe back then it was, but these days, it's not that hard, but it's not, you know, it's not something everyone would know. Two chains of Mephistopheles. I. I can't even start to read that card. <laughs> you just you just click on the art and you just start giggling at it and then you just forget the question. <laughs> uh, this is the second time I've had to look it up this podcast. No, I'm not even reading that. That is not worth my effort. Might as well just blank out all the text and put TL semicolon TL. just put old crazy goat face. Got some chains. I guess that's Mephistopheles, and he's got some chains for you. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. I see. So, what do they win? Oh, yeah, good call. What do they win? I still have a shiny Judge Foil Vendillion click laying around Mm -hmm. somewhere, and I'd be willing to send that out as the prize. And speaking of sending out prizes, I sent out the prize to the guy in Israel Two days after that show was finished recording, so new Judge Cast taking care of business. Old Judge huh. Cast not taking Sweet. care of business. Yeah, like I, no, that's exciting. We actually get the the prizes out. Yeah, I hope um, you received it. <laughs> yeah, well, I do. I do too. I did. You, I mean, I assume you sent some sort of delivery confirmation going to Israel, but um, no. <laughs> I said it the cheapest way. I literally walked in and said, "As cheap as you can get this to Israel." Um, well, is it bad that I immediately envisioned like a camel delivery? <laughs> is, that, is that bad? My bad person. Yeah, I should email that guy and make sure he got it. But so, do you guys have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I have anything else I want to add. I uh, I think this has been a pretty good show. Talked a lot about some policy what? stuff that people don't know about. Hang on, hang on. For contest. An end date and how we're gonna pick a winner. Well, we're gonna pick we don't need to talk about that stuff. All right, um, <laughs> we pick a winner the same way we always do. Just 
randomly. Well, that, that's fine. It, no. The criteria, the criteria is whatever tickles our fancy. Yeah. Whichever one we feel is best will so be subjective. the winner. As for the end date, let's do the same thing we did last contest where we'll announce that next show. <laughs> so longer than two weeks. Way to, way to, way to, way to put it off. Uh, yeah. Why don't we just say that, uh, we will announce the winner uh, in the show after next. Right. Okay, so if if we haven't received it by the time we record the show after next, then then it's too late to, to get it in. So get them in as soon as possible. When you hear the next judge cast, that's kind of your warning signal of, oh, we got to get these in quickly. Absolutely. And then, and then get those in, and, and hopefully we'll have it by the time we record the next one. Can I say I am quite excited about our next two shows? I think we have some exciting topics planned, but that's all I can say about them. Oh uh, yeah, they're 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 super secret Hillbolt shows. Yeah, uh, thing is locked up. You have Brian, it now, Brian. What? Well, you you covered the topics as to whether or not I'm happy. I don't think that's <laughs> the state that I'm in very often. <laughs> what would what would make you happy, Brian? How about if I told you all the ways you could contact us? That would make me very happy. All right. You could email us at judgecast at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter. The Twitter account name is judgecast. Also, you can like us on Facebook, also known as judgecast. And that's it. Well, I guess you can mail. You can mail a letter to me if you want. I'll, I'll read it. But only one guy has my address so far. Uh, I think I think email is probably sufficient. I don't think they need to send us any snail mail. All right. Well, Jess, do you want to sign us off? For JudgeCast, uh, I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fair. And I'm CJ Schrader. I keep it fun. And I'm Brian Perlman. I keep it under two hours. Yay! Bye.